Welcome, everybody, to our Sawdust City Happy Hour Tastings. As always, brewmaster and co-founder of Sawdust City, Sam Corbet, is here with me today. Happy birthday, Sam. What, what was it, 26, 27? What do you... Yeah, yeah. It was my 26th, 27th birthday. That's awesome. I've had it 27 times now. Yeah, <laughs> con- con- congratulations. I hope that it was a fun one for you. I appreciate you doing this after your birthday because uh, I can attest, even to somebody who just turned 30 this past year, uh, that birthdays are always fun. They just get more difficult after the birthday celebration. Yeah. It was a little sweaty this morning. I was like, whoa, <laughs> geez, I'm feeling every one of those years. That's okay. Sweat it out. Sweat it out, Sam. And then have Titania, uh, which is what we yeah, have right? for you, t- which is what we have for you today. Uh, Sam said before we came on here, yeah, your, uh, your life's about to change. Uh, and the reason that he said that is extra strong beer, 11.9%. Is this the highest one that we've done outside of Lone Wine? Yeah, okay. I was so technically beer in order to be sold as beer needs to be eleven can't be higher than eleven point nine. At that point it becomes a liqueur hmm. and you need a different license and it's excised differently. Wow. So that's why it's eleven point nine. I did not know that. That's a, that's actually a great little fact to start that off. I'm sure there are people listening to this who are like, yeah, obviously. But uh yeah, I didn't realize that uh, the separation in our... and the, the licensing is different. That's in Ontario. I don't know. Like, I mean, I've seen, I, I just saw, I was watching a post the other day about a guy that it was like a 17% beer. They have crazy ones in the States. Um, back in the day, like I'd say like five, six years ago, people used to have, they would put 14 or 12 or whatever, because the bourbon barrel age ones get pretty high. But then the AGCO is like, uh, you can't. <laughs> so you, then all of a sudden there was a plethora of 11.9% beers flooding the market. <laughs> Everybody was like, you know what? Let's just just tone this one down just a tiny yeah. little bit to get it there. How much, uh, honest question, how much testing and how much process goes into trying to refine something if you want to hit that very top 11.9 without crossing into that next barrier? Well, you can you can test it, but you can always blend back too. Like there's mm-hmm. many ways to do it. Like once you have a known ABV and then you have two known ABVs, you can blend them to exactly what you want, which we've done in the past for... Um, other beers where we've been over them, like, oh, we got to dumb that down a bit. And then just blended it with a specific amount of another beer. And, you know, we every beer that goes to the LCBO goes through pretty rigorous testing at their labs. So you have, depending on the ABV, you have 0.5 up or down to uh, sort of variance. And if you're outside of that, you have to submit another sample or adjust your label. But adjusting a label costs mad dollars. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, as somebody who was awful at grade 10 chemistry, I can't imagine trying to blend uh, things and come out to the exact ABV that you're looking for. But hey, that's why they pay you guys the big bucks. Uh, that's <laughs> why uh, That's why you guys do what you do and do it at a very, very high level. I thought it was apropos today because this thing is a beast uh, that before we test it here, I would just show people the glass that I'm working with today if you're watching. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because Winnipeg's been, been beating people up this season and their offensive line is just running right downhill. So not only is it a team that's been a beast, but if you look at the handle, it's actually, it's actually just a bicep just flexing and just tr- crushing the opposition in front of them. They got Montreal tonight, so we'll see whether or not they do that as people uh, listen to this and enjoy it. So I will pour my beast beer into my, uh, my beast mug that I have in front of me with the Blue Bombers coming up in action. Oh, what should people be getting off the top here as whew, you can see the pour? Well, you're going to get hit. It's, it's, very, it's very, very aromatic. You're going to get a punch of bourbon and oak. And I can smell it from here. Oh, yeah. A lot of, I, I get like a fudgy 
character, like a, a rich caramel as well, a lot of chocolate notes. But once you get it like even closer, you know, you'll get that sort of you'll get that sting, the alcohol sting will sort of hit. But it smells you get a lot of bourbon, vanilla, oh. coconut. I oh, man, I love those rich smells. Yeah, it's it's a doozy. Oh yeah. Damn, that's good though, man. <laughs> I always I always say that about the high percentage stuff that you guys do, but yeah, it is. It's I feel like it's overly simplistic for me to say smooth, but just because of that kind of vanilla caramel vibe to it, it does come off as like, and it's not too sweet either. Which like the the sugar content in it, I'm sure. What is what are you guys dealing with on that end? Because it doesn't come off as Wait, this one. This one finished at five point five. Okay. Um, when it went into the barrel, it was six point eight. So a little bit of it. Um fermented out over the nine months that it was in the barrel. It also picks up some of the alcohol. You'll get, you can immediately smell the bourbon. Like it's definitely bourbon. Oh yeah. Some of the trademark flavors that you find in bourbon are vanilla and coconut and char and caramel, which also come out pretty strong. Yeah. The, uh, I'm trying to think of ones that I've had that have been like bourbon barrel aged. I've had like Kentucky bastard, uh, in the past is one that, uh, that kind of, this is a little known fact. The brewmaster at Middlebrook, Ryan, yep. he also, he, we share the same birthday. So it was his birthday. Ah, yesterday, so there you go. Little, <laughs> little Kentucky bastard tie in on that one. But yeah, it's a, it's such a unique style and approach um, to this though. Like it, I, I, I'm just interested in the background in the process that goes into building this thing and, and seeing it come from, okay, we're going to do a, you know, a high percentage imperial stout. Where does, where does the journey kind of take you as you go through that process from, from start to finish? Well, we've done a couple versions in bourbon barrels. Bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel aging has been going on for, you know, probably almost two decades at least and a year. Pretty popular. Um, but you, you, the, the variance that you can get from barrel to barrel, from, um, whatever bourbon that you're buying it from this, these happen to be stag junior, which is a Buffalo trace, uh, bourbon, uh, very highly regarded bourbon. Um, I actually bought these, Ryan and I bought them together. <laughs> so, um, these, he all, they also have some stuff like collective that's in, uh, some stag junior barrels, but you know, you have to have start with a beer that's big enough to hold those flavors. Like if it stouts too thin, then you end up with this overpowered sort of ethanol heavy, yeah. mess and, or you leave it too long or it's not in long enough so this is kind of like a sweet spot and you, you have to we tested it like probably once every two months to see when it was ready which are fun days when you're sitting there after like you have 10 we well we only did 10 barrels but like try to taste 10 once you get past the third <laughs> you're like they all just taste the same now like your taste buds are shot all you're basically looking for is if there's one that's like way out of whack right then you, you have to be like no, don't put it in, like pull it out. Like and you have to be af not afraid to just cut it off because if you do end up putting it in and it doesn't fit, you can throw the, like you've just spent, you know, all the money buying the barrels. You spent nine months aging, you have all this beer and then you just wasted it. Cause you were like, it's like calling an audible right at the line. Like, you know, you have a set play, but sometimes you got to change it right before the end. And that's what you got to do. Interesting. So is nine months, the status quo that you mentioned in terms of timeline on this? That's sort of what we play. Yeah. Like some people can go over a year. Um, and then you can blend it back with newer ones. Like some breweries who do much larger uh, barrel aging projects, they'll have like at all different stages and they'll taste them 
and they'll blend like this is like 7% of this particular one. This is 20% of that. If you ever get a chance and you're ever in California, I highly recommend going to Firestone Walker. They have an extensive barrel aging program and they put out a beer, their anniversary beer every year. It's like this. It comes with a scroll and it lists out what percentages of what beer each one is. And it's crazy, but like, you know, you have to have the time and resources to do that. They're in California. They have access to a lot of barrels, like wine barrels. And, um, you know, Kentucky's a lot closer to California than it is to us, I think. So for it to be a bourbon barrel, it has to come from Kentucky. So we buy directly from the distilleries in Kentucky and bring them up. And uh, I think it really showcases that bourbon as well. Like it's, I find this, it's been about two months now. We packaged this in September. It's been almost three months. It's really calming down. Like we purposely held it back for two months before we released it because at the when we first packaged it, the bourbon was so like just consuming. Really, so you kind of got to let it mellow out. And mm -hmm. I, I'm really liking this now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hearing you say that you don't want to have that like over the top ethanol-y kind of like vibe to it in as you're going through the aging process and trying to test those different ones. I think we've all had a high percentage beer at one point or another where you're like, this doesn't even taste like beer. You're like, whether it's yeah. a bourbon barrel aged or it's mixed with some sort of like tequila or higher percentage alcohol or spirit or whatever. It's like, if you get that as the, on the front end, it really takes away from the craft beer experience because the point is to be drinking craft beer that is inspired or that is influenced by other things and not vice versa. Correct. That's kind of the idea. Yes, and it needs to be in balance. Like, as much as the bourbon is, like, a big part of it, there has to be some balance. And I think as you drink this, you do get the stout come to the back, get that chocolate. And to me, there's always, like, this fudgy character that I really like. And, yeah. you know, there's some really good, great examples in Ontario. If you ever get a chance, Amsterdam uh, does their Tempest, which is their double Tempest, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, the guys at Merritt do a really good one, too. Uh, they, they go nowhere. I think it's called something nowhere. It's it's fantastic. The first one they did, I still have the bottle. Uh, it's it's great. But there's definitely a lot of great uh, bourbon barrel aged beers coming out of the province. So if you just kind of look around, you'll be able to find it. It's not about the LCBO. You probably have to go to the brewery, but definitely there. Yeah, and there's lots of different craft breweries that are local, though. If people search them out and know exactly kind of what surrounds you, I, to me, it's kind of amazing. Like it's almost. I compare craft breweries in Ontario, as we've talked about, there's so many different options. I compare it to like great nature trails or biking trails or everybody in Ontario probably says, well, I don't have any of those around me. I mean, look, it's a concrete jungle. I got all this. And it's like, yeah, but if you actually put the effort into look and find a path or a trail or a place that you can go walk or be out in nature, it's like, you'll find it. Don't worry. It's around you. You just have to put a little bit of effort in to go and see how this uh, can kind of uh, come your direction the other way. At what, um, what level of pride for you goes into creating something that is so complex like this and that is kind of daring to be on the top end of the scale like that and still have it come out the way you want? Yeah, it's, it's, that's why it's a special one that we only do once a year. Like we right. take a lot of care and we, um, you know, we're not a big company, so we have to be pretty, our, a lot of our barrel stuff that we used to do, some more of our funky stuff is sort of falling away because we just don't have the manpower to look after it. So when we do something like this, we have to make sure, like we put on the schedule, we're going to taste it at this point and this point and this point. We have to focus on, and when we package it, when we do whatever, like every stage has to be done properly like if you transfer out of the barrels and it's and you know you know you're not watching for oxygen pickup or if you store the barrels in a bad place and the temperature fluctuates throughout the year then you're going to get a different product so like you have to kind of take all these and we've done a number of them now so we sort of know 
what we're doing, but the first couple were, we had one that didn't turn out so great that never saw the light of day, but you learn, you learn from that. And that's, you know, we're very happy with this one. Last year we had one called the Revenge of Cthulhu, which we took our blood of Cthulhu and barrel aged it. It turned out fantastic. It was well. good. I, that was one of the first ones that you guys sent me way back when, before we were even doing a partnership with Canadian football perspective, where that was just included in a variety pack. And I split that with my dad and we both cracked and went, what the hell is this? This is good. What, what is happening? Yeah, it's you know, and you know, if you haven't experienced the bourbon mutilation, it's it's a total like game changer in terms of like where you think beer can go yeah. and what it can be. Like, I'm getting a lot of like cherry as well. I, I like I, I don't know how else to put it, but it's ah, it's really. just it, like it's rich, right? Like it brings out all those rich flavors, and cherry is one of those kind of like rich, flavorful that even a cherry can be buried in behind. It's kind of like sometimes the uh, I feel like raspberry flavor where it can be buried behind chocolate and vanilla and caramel and and stout and like dark fudge and but then you get that hint of it with that red fruit vibe at the end and that's so so good like it's so unique to be able to to have that. This is gonna make my afternoon go a little bit different than I anticipated, <laughs> but it's fine. I got. Yeah. This is the after my birthday. I can I can do that. Hey, it's a birthday weekend. It's not just a birthday, right? That's uh that's yeah, the as you get older, you gotta like what tie into the whole weekend thing. We're actually that's great stuff. Uh, I will say as well as I'm appreciating not only the beer but also the glass that this is this just reminds me of Blown Away on Netflix. Have you seen that show at all? It's the no, glass it's a glass blowing competition that's on Netflix that was actually filmed in Hamilton. Uh, for Netflix, oh. where they converted an old warehouse in Hamilton, and they would give them projects where it's like, do something that is inspired by Canadian football, because here we are in Hamilton, and then they have to go in every glass blower. There's ten of them. Essentially, it's like a competition, a reality show. They have to create something, and then it gets judged by people from the Corning School of, of Glass Blowing. And uh, and if they make it through each week, then they get to the end. And it's like, you know, the $10,000 prize and a scholarship to the Corning School of Glass or something like that. But I feel like this is something that would be created that would probably do pretty well to have the bicep inside the uh, the old football glass. That's, there, a, so. that's an awesome glass. <laughs> it is good. It's an awesome beer as well. Again, it is uh, Titania. Uh, I'll just uh, <laughs> I'll say to people, uh, you can notice throughout this interview, throughout this tasting, I've I've been sipping it very cautiously uh, because I got a I got a full day ahead of me. So drink responsibly if you have Titania, but enjoy because it is fantastic. And uh, just like some of the other ones we talked about, maybe it's one that you just split at dinner with a loved one and enjoy and have a great discussion over, right? I would highly recommend splitting this. I was I was contemplating splitting it, but now I've gone too far, and now it's just going to be all mine. But That's when you take your time on a beer like this, it, the, when it warms up, a lot of those aromas and flavors will start to open up and sort of blossom and it actually changes as you drink it. So taking your time over the day, you'll find like different levels as you, as you slowly chip away at it because it should take some time. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to go uh, periodically sip back this throughout the remainder of the afternoon and enjoy Sam. Thank you as always for the time. Happy birthday. Hope you enjoy and uh, looking Cheers. forward to catching up with you again next week. Cheers. See you next week. Have a good one.